Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a license and a map. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. There are few things that are more exciting to a teenager than getting the license. It's fantastic. I remember when I got mine. I missed... The woman was actually super cool at the DMV. I, I took the written right before I took the driving test, and I missed one over the accepted limit on the test. And I'm like, no. And she was she had to be a mom because she looked at me. She's like, all right, I'm going to let you fix one right now. I was like, okay. So she read it, read it to me, and I remember which answer I had marked. And so I answered you know, the other one that I thought it was, got in the car. And the mom... The mom in the car, and I know she's a mom because she started telling me about her son because I, you know, sweet talk the lady. This is me as a teenager. I'm just like, start talking about water polo and this, that, and the other. And she's like, oh, my son plays water polo. He's a junior. I'm like, yeah, I love water polo. <laughs> I got a hundred on the driving test and a smiley face. It was maybe the best day of my young life. So you get your license and people write their college entrance essays about this. It's one of those things that's just so profound. It's like freedom. It's it's great. You can go to your friend's house whenever you want. You can go wherever you want. Oh, man, the best is late night food runs, too. So my brother and I, we'd play video games all night long when I was a teenager. It was like summertime and stuff. I don't think I ever really did that during school. I was too tired, but I had a paper route. So sometimes we'd play video games until all through the night until I had to do my paper route. And we were we were playing these online role-playing games. So he'd be in one room playing on his computer and I'd be in another room playing on my computer. We'd be like talking back and forth in the, uh, in the little text box. Uh, but we would get up at, it'd be like 3 a.m. and we'd go to Jack in the Box and get, you know, tacos and trash. And these were some of my fondest memories as uh, from, from my childhood playing playing video games with my brother and then going to get food or going to Safeway. Safeway was open 24 hours so we could go down there and get like lunch meats and stuff because we didn't really know how to cook. So we'd get like lunch meats and chocolate ice cream. <laughs> I'm dying just thinking about how absurd it was, but it was all because of the license. We had this freedom. We had this freedom where we could travel, we could go anywhere, we could do anything. And with that freedom, it's really amazing. You start molding who you are because before you have your license, you are bound by what someone else will allow you to do, right? Like if if your mom doesn't want you eh, want to take you to Jack in the Box to get food at 3 a.m., you're not going to Jack in the Box. And you become the person who doesn't go at 3 a.m. to get Jack in the Box. That's just not part of your life story. And, you know, going hanging out at the swim pool. Well, my swim pool was three, it was like three, four miles away. If my bike wasn't working before I had my license, I was not going to the swim pool. I walked there once. It took me over an hour. It was like an hour and 10 minutes or something. And this was Concord. So we're talking like it's 105 degrees. I was dying. I almost called 911. We didn't even have cell phones. I was going to like crawl up to somebody's front door and just say, help. It was super, super bonkers. So I was not the guy who hung out at the swim pool before I had my license, right? If my bike was working fine, I could get there. But in the absence of the license, you become bound and kind of painted by your inability to do things, 
it would happen personally. It would happen socially. How come Matt's not here? Well, he couldn't get here. That used to be a thing. And so now you were the person who never hung out. You never hung out with your friends. You never hung out on, on the weekends if you couldn't get a ride. Like you didn't do a lot of things. You weren't free to be yourself. You weren't free to become yourself. You weren't free to experience the world as yourself. You were always experience it at the, the, at the good graces of other people. But man, when you get that license, when you get that license for a, for a period of time, you feel really free. You feel like you can become yourself. Until you look at a map. Now, back in the day, we didn't have we didn't have cell phones. I remember a good friend of mine, Brett. God rest his soul. He passed away. He was he was a great guy. He he had it was like a Garmin thing in his car, but he had directions before we we had smartphones. He had directions in his car that would tell him where to go, and you had to input all this data. But then it was like satellite direction service, and that was his jam. He had this thing. And we were like, what? That's wild. But before we even had that, and that seems goofy as hell, before we had that, we had maps. We had maps in our car. I remember when I was first um, first tutoring in 2004, all the way up till about 2007, 2008. We weren't, my wife and I weren't like the early adopters of the iPhone, but we were pretty close. But when I would go to somebody's house, I would print out directions from MapQuest, but I would also have a map, a physical map that I would have to read. And I had a student over in Woodside, which is, you know, like 60 miles away. I was working, working a lot, hustling hard. I'd have to a lot, you know, at least an hour to get to his house and then an hour to get back to the next client. But the point is we had, we had ways of getting around and with those ways of getting around, you saw where you could go. Now, here's the thing. If you've ever been to the top of Mount Diablo and looked down, it's kind of like a real-life map. You can see where freeways run. You can see, you know, like where little population centers are. And you see how absurdly small the area is that you're allowed to travel via car. <laughs> that seems... It seems goofy, but it's true. Whip out a map of anything, right? It could be California. It could be Washington. It could be the United States. When you get close into a map where you can actually see where roads go, yes, there are lots of roads through city centers. But once you go outside of those city centers, there are these tiny little lines that indicate you know, freeways and highways that you can go on. And aside from that, you can't go anywhere. It's not like you can drive into the hills. I mean, you can if there's a road, but how many roads just go wandering off into the hills? So this idea that getting in the car gives you real freedom, you're free as a bird, you can do whatever you want. It's an illusion of freedom. You're not actually free to do you know, go places. You're free to go more places, but you are bound by the limits of the road and roads are exceptionally limiting if you actually think about it. And so what is this sense of freedom that we get? 
What is it? Because it's not actually real. It's not actually real. We're not actually free to do whatever we want. We're only free to drive on these really small little roads. But that gets at the core of what perceived freedom really is. And perceived freedom really is just being free to do the things you want, the things you like. People talk about this abstract concept of freedom. I'm not free. I'm not free. It's like, well, anyone sitting around in Danville, it's like, well, I'm not free to do blah, blah, blah. Look, you're free to do a lot of things, but you're defining freedom as one very narrow thing. I'm not free to hang out with my friends with impunity. That's true. That's true. I'm free to do a lot of things right now. I'm not free to do jujitsu right now. I'm free to do a ton of things right now. I'm not free to go hang out at my friend's house and sit on his couch inside, enjoy an evening and some barbecue, right? Not without a mask on. <laughs> Watch out. Like we have so much freedom, but our perceived freedom comes down to just a couple things. And here's the problem. If those things get infringed on, then our whole perception of the world, our whole perception of ourselves, our whole perception of what we have and what we don't have, that, that is gravely affected. And I know from my life, when the couple things that I really care about get stepped on, I go bonkers. And it's understanding that. It's understanding what those trigger things are for you. It's understanding what you value most about your freedom. It's understanding who you are and what you need in the world with your freedom that makes a world of difference. And it may seem like a moot point, but it's not. It's at the core of how you view the rest of the world. Because if you're free to do the things you want, one, two, three little things, whatever they are, you will likely be happy and you will likely go throughout your life and be fine. But if there's one or if there are two things that aren't even that big that mean the world to you and you're not free to do them, you're going to be living a dark life. And odds are those around you will be gravely affected as well. So figure out what freedom means to you. Figure out what makes you feel like you're soaring like a bird, free to do whatever you want. Figure out what that one thing is. Is it seeing your friends? Is it going to work out? Is it whatever it is? Figure it out. Figure a way to work that freedom into your life. And you will not only feel free, for all intents and purposes, you'll be free. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.